Welcome back, everybody, to the Coastal Covers Podcast. This is the GCG coming at you solo today. What I'm going to do is I'm going to run through uh, the games for Week 0. Week 0 is in the books. I'm going to run through and kind of give you reactions, hopefully not overreactions. Uh, We all know as gamblers we do not want to see, especially a Week 0 game, and freak out, go crazy, and judge the whole rest of the season off of it. Listen, I've been there. I've done it. I've actually, like completely forgot all of the research that I've done before on a team and I've seen their week zero or their week one performance. And I've been like, well, I was wrong. This team fucking sucks. Or wow, maybe I was wrong on that team. They're pretty damn good. And I've gone on to gamble on them the rest of the year based off the notion that I overreacted. And this team was more close to what I gave them originally than what I based off of for like the first week or two of the season. So it's very important here, especially early on in this year, to uh, to not freak out. Don't go crazy, <laughs> you know. Um, so on those lines, you know, we'll get we'll get diving into the schedule here for week zero. Talk about every game, what happened, uh, recap what kind of happened with our picks, and uh, we'll we'll go from there. So starting off, Austin P in Western Kentucky. Um, this was a game we didn't have a line for on Tuesday, so we didn't we didn't have any uh, fight in the game. We told you. Go ahead and use some Western Kentucky plays in your fantasy lineups, which uh, obviously Corley had a big game. Daywood Davis, both wide receivers there, they, he had a big game. Uh, Reed played pretty much the whole time at quarterback. He did fine. Dre McCray on the other side, he did pretty good. Um, what I took from this game is that Austin P is a decent FCS, so if they pop up again, you know, keep that in mind. They're, they're okay. They got some players on that team, but more so I took that Western Kentucky – um, it's kind of close to what we projected. You know, I liked the under on that team. It was eight and a half, I think, or eight, one of the two. Um, and I didn't think they were going to be anywhere near the level of good as they were last year. I really um, am surprised they weren't a little more firing on offense there. You know, you got rid of Jared Deggy and and it seemed like, okay, I got my guy at quarterback and, and I don't think he really blew me away. I don't think anything about that offense or this team really blew me away. So I'm feeling pretty good about the under on that team. Um and, and I think we learned a lot as, as we go through the schedule here. We'll talk a lot about Conference USA because they had, you know, what, five teams played on, on week zero. And um, I just don't think they, they looked very good as a conference. It wasn't a good conference showing. That's for sure. I mean, if Western Kentucky is supposed to be towards the top tier, uh, no bueno. So um, Western Kentucky did not cover. Like I said, didn't have a pick in it. I, I did have a personal play. I didn't give it on the podcast. I played the over 66, and they ended with 65 points in that game. Um, so, yeah, I was a little salty, a little, little pissed off about missing that one. I don't think it cost me any money, though, so whatever. But, um, yeah, so Western Kentucky not looking too great. Speaking of not looking too great, our second game of the day, Nebraska and Northwestern. Um, 31 to 28, Patty Fitzgerald gets it done, and Scott Frost, uh, that seat is getting hotter now. This is one of those teams, and I, and I know, you know, Proto Papa. I, I I know I'm speaking to you. I, you notice he's not here today. He's he's at work, so whatever. He he can't record today. So I'm giving you my thoughts, and I know I know he is going to definitely have a strong reaction to this. And I don't blame him. I do think Scott Frost is uh, 
quickly running out of time, and, and I think this was definitely a very, very, very bad look for a coach that's already on the hot seat, has already massively underperformed at this job, um, but he still has time here. Um, I don't think this is a, a horrible loss, if I'm being honest. The horrible part about the loss is that you went up 11 and you kicked that stupid onside kick. Now, if they were playing Ohio State or Michigan or Penn State, Alabama, Oklahoma, whatever, a major team that I think, you know, okay, they're not quite as good as that team. I wouldn't have actually had a problem with this. But this was a Northwestern team that on on paper and talent-wise, you're better than this team. And you just went up 11. You're taking the wind out of their sails. Um, and, and you do that stupid shit, which just gave, obviously, completely new life. And here's my other problem with it. Northwestern is an academic school, dude. You You can't you know, catch these guys off guard like that. They're, they're disciplined. They're trained. They're ready for this stuff. You kicked it to a running back who, who's got good hands. Like, what are you doing? So um, not a good call, not a good look for Scott Frost. There's going to be some very strong reactions to this. I had a strong reaction to it. I, I sat there and said, he's fired. He's done. He's fucked. <laughs> but I'm going to try to remember what I saw in this team moving into, into this season. I think they could still win seven or eight. I'm not going to go nuts yet. We got to get a win over the next couple of weeks. You got to beat Oklahoma. That's what it comes down to, Scott. You, you got to beat Oklahoma. You got to turn this thing around. You got to ignore all this noise. I know there's going to be a ton of people in your ear now. This team sucks. He's done. He's screwed. A win over Oklahoma and Lincoln's going to go a long way for you with the fan base, with the, with the alumni. Get it done. You got to beat Oklahoma and Lincoln flat out. Um, as far as the pick, I was on the 13. Proto Papa was on. Uh, funny enough, he, he went against his own thoughts and beliefs, and he, he laid the 13 with Nebraska. So that brings me to something else here. Um, you know, there's lines that stink sometimes, and, and I've been going for a very long time trying to program my brain to not have that Vegas impact on me. Like, like oh, this line, minus 13, what the fuck? Which, honestly, the 13, it, it really wasn't throwing up red flags to me because everyone thought Northwestern sucked from last year, you know, how that season went. And everybody thought, you know, or I don't know what people really thought about Nebraska. I know they're getting some hype this year, but um, the main thing is, is, is that they beat them, you know, 55 to 7 or something last year. I believe it was somewhere around that. Um, so, you know, I, I kind of saw the reason for the line. It was... It was higher than I, I graded these teams out. Mike and I both, you know, you hear him use the letter grades a lot of times. That's literally what we do. We put a letter grade on these teams. I don't talk about it much just because, I, you know, I, I don't think all of you necessarily care what I graded Vanderbilt to be or, or whatever. You know, you might. I don't know. But I use it to, to grade out my teams and look back, you know, and I try to update it every few weeks and, and, and say, okay, you know, what do I think about this team going into the year? Well, I had them as both C minuses. I had them the same grade. Um, so I saw the 13 and, and, and I kind of understood it, but I said, no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not going to let what I think could be perceived as a funky line fuck with what I think about these two teams, especially on the first week of the season. From a roster standpoint, I really didn't see a huge difference between these two teams. And we know Pat Fitzgerald can turn his program back around. So, um, you know, that's that's just a note to take to take into your mind. Like, you know, Mike and I, Protopop and I talked about it after the game. You know, why why do we let Vegas mess with our heads sometimes? Like he 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 is way lower on Nebraska than I am this year. He he really is. 
Um, he really does not like Scott Frost. He really thinks this team sucks. I don't, but you know, it got in his head. Like, why is this team a 13 point favorite? Ugh. Well, you know, and, and, and on the other side of the coin is, is he said Northwestern plus 800 to win, you know, to, to be, or plus 8,000, I believe to win, win the West or win the conference. I'm not sure which one, but, um, you know, that was one of his favorite long shot bets. So he knows West Northwestern can be a good team. Um, and he kind of just went against himself. So just remember that moving forward with Vegas. Just just think of that. Don't let them get in your head. Bet with your heart. Um, plus 13, plus the point or plus the money line for that game was a good bet. So uh, congratulations if you hit that one. So into the next game, Idaho State and UNLV. Uh, 52 to 21 was the final of this game. Um, a few things from it. I mean, we didn't give you a pick on it. We, we kind of, you know, gave you our input. We said, uh, I said I'd lay UNLV anywhere up to like a little over three touchdowns, like 24-ish. And Mike said he would lay up to four, and uh, they won by 31. So um, easy covers there. We talked about um, we talked about not really playing the quarterbacks because of fantasy, which I'm glad it didn't. I mean, the first dude, Brumfeld, he looked he looked like a stud. Um, Harrison Bailey did not look good at all. Um, he actually started the game, I believe. Um, just did not do anything. Uh, really, really terrible. Three of eight for 26. Um, no touchdowns, no picks, whatever. Negative 17 yards rushing, I'm assuming, you know, <laughs> whatever. But um, a Robbins, I told you to play. Uh, the dude really, like, lit things up, especially through the air. Or um, on the ground, he had two touchdowns. Only 3.5 yards per carry on 10 carries, which is a little concerning. Uh, but he did. He had a receiving touchdown, not lit things up through the air. But he had a receiving touchdown and two touchdowns on the ground. So um, <clears throat> a decent performance by him. Brumfield, 21 of 25 for 356 and four touchdowns. Looking pretty good there. Cameron Friel, last year's uh, Mountain West freshman of the year, he came in and did pretty good. So um, some good things looking there for UNLV. Uh, you know, you can't take a, too much of a hell of a lot from it because Idaho State was 1-10 in, in the FCS last year. Not really a, like a great team, obviously. Um, and, and they they like barely have any – scholarship players on their roster or like anything like that. They got a coach, assistant coach that got arrested for like a murder charge. They're, they're falling apart out there. So you can't take a whole hell of a lot. I would have liked to see the UNLV defense not give up 21 points. I mean, even, you know, some of those points I assume probably happened yeah, later in the game, third and fourth quarter, they got two of those touchdowns. Um, so maybe a little bit of garbage time there, but um, yeah, uh, some of the things we talked about came true for this game. I did personally bet it, hit that one, so I'm pretty happy with it. And I think UNLV's, uh, I think they're going to surprise some people this year. I think they could, they could potentially get the bowl eligible. They got a lot of talent on that team from a recruiting standpoint, so um, very interesting there. Next up, Jim Mora and the UConn Huskies against Utah State. Um, this is a game had a really high line. I think we got it. Um, Around 27 is where we got it. Utah State minus 27. We both took UConn. Um, and and it covered easily. Uh, it sucks. Tyquan Roberson got hurt so early. Um, that was that was a big get for Jim Moore and the Huskies. So that kind of does affect things moving forward. I mean, it might take a little while to get things back together, um, moving in the right direction again. Um, the backup, Turner, 12-31 for 109 yards, two picks. Uh, so not great there. Nathan Carter, the running back, 
ripped shit up. 190 yards on the ground. That looked real good. Utah State, um, I think they were playing a little bit of conservative football. I, I don't know why necessarily. You know, I get it. You have Bama on deck, but <laughs> there's no need for a close game with UConn. Like, take care, take care of business. Um, you know, Logan Logan Bonner, 20-29 for 281 and three TDs. So, it looked real good, obviously. Tyler, uh, 161 yards rushing. So, that's really good. Cobbs, the receiver transfer from Maryland, 78 yards and a touchdown. Also, 10 rushes. Or, no, that's Briggs. I'm sorry. The backup running back also had 85 yards. Man, I didn't watch a whole hell of a lot of this game, if I'm being honest. I was, I was really kind of tuned into the Wyoming-Illinois game because I, I have some uh, – some investment in the Wyoming under for this year. So I didn't watch a ton of this game, but I'm seeing, you know, Utah State got really, really gashed on the ground, and so did UConn. So could be an area of concern for both of those teams moving forward to, to look out for. But um, I'm not going to overreact too much to this game uh, from a standpoint of, of what I think about either one of these teams. I think UConn, what I take from this game is that they're going to be chippy this year. Hopefully losing the quarterback doesn't hurt them too bad to where now they're a joke again. But I think Moore has got that team bought in, and I think I think they're going to be chippy. Utah State, I think they're more focused on the next game. And uh, I might honestly, I haven't even looked ahead yet. Uh, you know, we'll give you our picks on uh, Tuesday, the Tuesday episode. It'll, it'll launch on Wednesday, actually. We'll record on Tuesday. Um, I might actually end up taking the points, depending on how many it is with Alabama and U Utah State. Because I think Alabama is going to be uh, really vanilla preparing for Texas and not trying to show their hand too much. Um, and I think Utah State is 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 going to come out there trying to trying to play ball. It's obviously not going to work, but you know I think they're saving up this game to to go for that game. So um, we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, so we both hit on that the the plus twenty seven for UConn, Wyoming and Illinois. As I said, this is the game that I was kind of tuned into, and it was a blowout. Um, Wyoming, I was really nervous. I I, I projected them for three wins. Um, and I know Perota Papa was on under also, and we were both nervous about it. We were both had to review this team. We both kind of like looked at it and we're like, okay, you know, somewhere around 500. That's, you know, kind of the floor for, for Craig Bowl. Um, and then when we talked about it before we recorded our Mountain West preview, we were both like, dude, I don't know. This team sucks. Like they're, they are rough. And, um, you know, we kind of talked about, you know, made jokes about Perota Papa loving Andrew Peasley. That was really all, all he did was mention his name and say he's heard of him. <laughs> so he doesn't actually, you know, love him. And, and at this point, I, I think he probably thinks he's he's just as terrible as as I think he is. I mean, I don't know how anybody could come away with a different opinion. Five of 20 for 30 yards and a pick. I mean, that is god awful. Um, there's points on this team where I think like their their defense is okay. Swen had almost six yards per carry, uh, 98 yards total. So you know, that's good, but teams are going to be able to stack the box against them all year. Um, I just don't, from a talent standpoint, I don't see it for this Wyoming team. I'm feeling pretty good about playing that under uh, for the Cowboys. Illinois now, let's not overreact because I think that Wyoming team was really, really bad. So let's not go crazy. Uh, but they look good. Uh, Tommy DeVito did Tommy DeVito things. He was a game manager, nothing special. Uh, in, in games that are a little bit bigger of a stage, he's going to hurt you because he's just not not very good. However, Chase Brown is a beast. He looked great out there uh, on Saturday. Looked fantastic. 151 yards and two TDs on the ground. Uh, got another one through the air. Um, three receptions, 16 yards, a touchdown through the air. So 
really a big part of that team. The guys, the guys a beast, and uh, Illinois looked good. So I think it's more of a statement of how bad Wyoming is than how good Illinois is. But we're going to learn a lot next week against Indiana. Um, I'm very interested in that game. I, I can't wait to see it and see what I really think about Bielema's group this year. But um, Wyoming, moving forward, uh, look out. I, I think they're in bad shape. So next up, Duquesne, uh, seven against Florida State, 47 points. Um, we didn't really give you too much input on that one. Uh, really, we both said Florida State was going to wreck them. But uh, we threw out also, you know, watch out for the backdoor cover, which has sort of happened, I guess. The Duquesne put up seven in the third quarter. They scored a touchdown, which is why they covered the 43 that I got. Um, yeah, whatever. You know, Florida State, you looked good. Let's see. The real test is next week. So um, hopefully you didn't shoot your wad in the, in the great words of Lee Corso. Hopefully you didn't shoot your wad too much uh, that week zero. And, and, and uh, you took something from the game and, and you're ready to go for LSU because that's the real test of where uh, Mike Norvell's boys are going to be at for this season. I think we're going to learn a lot coming up here in week one. Next up, Charlotte and Florida Atlantic. Man, oh, man, I wish. Um, like most of my bets I put in before we even recorded, most of my bets I actually went on the Florida Atlantic side. And then when we recorded, I kind of flip-flopped, and I went over to Charlotte, and I said, oh, I'll take the seven and a half. Um, I'll take Florida Atlantic to win but not cover. Um, Charlotte is bad. Uh, I think they'll win some games because of their offense. You know, Reynolds got hurt early in this game, that backup quarterback former four-star from a and <laughs> he was not good at all. He was terrible. He looked lost out there. So um, offense obviously started off just fine under Reynolds and then fell apart. So uh, DuBose, he's a beast out there. Victor Tucker, obviously. Elijah Spencer had some drops that kind of worried me. But um, Greg Brown in this defense for Charlotte, not good. Um, Charlotte could be in trouble. Will Healy could be in trouble. This team – might even have a worse defense than they did last year. I'm really concerned about the 49ers, especially on that side of the ball. It, it was just bad. FAU, I feel like uh, my prediction that they're about the third best team in the conference. I know Protopapa was on them a bit too. I think that kind of looks right. Um, they look good. Nikosi Perry played well. The offense was moving. A lot of penalties. Uh, classic Willie Taggart team. <laughs> a lot of penalties in this game in general, but um, both teams so – Interesting. I, I think uh, my my call that Charlotte might be one of the chippier teams in this conference. I, I don't think that's going to be correct. I think Conference USA loses another contender there. I don't. I don't think they're very good. Um, could be a long year for the 49ers. FAU looking pretty good. So Mike hit that one. I missed that one on as far as the pick show. Uh, so there you have it. A and M, Florida A and M, and North Carolina. The next one, 56 to 24. A lot of things going on here. Um, Obviously, all the stuff with Florida, and I'm like 25 guys didn't even show up for the game because of academic eligibility or other reasons. Um, and UNC really didn't blow. I don't even think they covered the line before the news dropped. You know, the line before the news dropped was like 32 or 33-ish. So depending on where you got it, they didn't even cover the original line if you took a or uh, you know UNC as far as this game. And then the line went all the way up into the forties, which UNC definitely didn't cover after the news broke about all the players not traveling. Uh, I don't think there's a whole hell of a lot you could take from this game. Uh, they were, you know, celebrating, celebrating HBCUs. So I don't think they wanted to blow out Florida A&M. They're, they're lucky Florida A&M even ended up traveling to play this game to give 
UNC a 12th win. I mean, even though it was over at FCS. So I don't want to take a lot of stock into this game. I know it doesn't really look like a good win with everything we knew going on there for UNC, but I also don't think they were really trying very hard. So I would not overreact very much to this game one way or another for North Carolina. So just keep that in mind. Next up, North Texas uh, beat the hell out of UTEP. Um, Mike and I both took UTEP, although I will say I was a little more under the impression that I did think this was going to be a slight step back here for UTEP, not from a standpoint of talent, because I really don't think, I think they are about as talented as they were last year. Um, I just think they were, they were a little bit of fool's gold last year. I don't, I think they beat some teams that weren't very good. They're in a conference that isn't very good. They play hard. They got some players, they got some talent, but, um, I'm just not impressed with UTEP. I don't think they're very good. Now, North Texas, they looked all right. And I'm going to say that instead of Charlotte, North Texas has probably moved up into that, like that third or fourth spot behind UTSA and UAB uh, right there with Florida Atlantic. So I think that's what you're looking at for the conference USA. Now I know, you know, how are you going to base a whole season? You're telling us not to overreact it's week zero, but just from what I've seen on the field, you know, I didn't have a good conference or a feeling on this conference going into week zero. And I think uh, basically that's my big takeaway from week zero is that North Texas might be a little bit of a player in the conference USA, but Charlotte is not going to be. Um, so, you know, take it for what it's worth. I, I, I don't think much of UTEP. I think North Texas might be a little better than that right around 500 that I was giving them credit for, but, but like best case scenario, I think they're 500 or seven and five, you know, so I'm not super sold on it. It was a good win for them. I like the program. I hope they keep rolling. Um, but this game, this game, even though I took UTEP now, now I will say this, the Sun Bowl was sold out, uh, for the first time in, in quite a while for this game, but then it took an hour to get the game started, uh, from the designated kickoff time because of lightning delays. So you're supposed to have an orange out, which I, I really didn't see the fans play along with that too much. A little disappointing there. Um, and, and, and you were supposed to have a sellout crowd and it didn't end up working out that way because of the delay that really can take the uh, momentum of a home game away from you. And when you have two teams that should be somewhere in the ballpark of even like, yeah, I think North Texas is a little bit better than UTEP roster wise. Um, but I think it's closer than the final score indicated. I just really think the, uh, the atmosphere of the home environment was entirely lost for UTEP. So I think that played a big factor into it. And uh, I don't feel that terrible about missing that pick. And I, I don't think Proto Papa would either. I think, those were some circumstances that were a little out of our control. Next up, Nevada, New Mexico State. So um, when I originally bet the shit out of this game, I got it at 12 and a half. Come pick time, I still stuck. We took, we both took, Proto Papa and I both took New Mexico State plus nine and on the money line. Um, and they lost by 11. So yeah, there's that. I still think Nevada, I think we're right on them. I don't think they look very good. I think they bought into the coach. I think, I think they were motivated out there. They have a turnover trident. That's interesting. <laughs> um, so, you know, there's some, some some okay things for Nevada, but I still don't think they're much better than what I projected. And I actually don't think New Mexico State is all that much worse than I projected. What I will say is their receivers need to catch the fucking ball because all those drops going flying up in the air, turning into turnovers, not a good look. And also, Jerry Kill, you started the wrong quarterback. Uh, Frakes, the ginger dude, the ginger fro that came in after Pavia started the game. That kid looked pretty good, and I hope he can continue it. Um, he looked like a quarterback out there. He looked like a decent college quarterback. So 
Um, promise there. There is some promise there from a gambling perspective. If that kid would have came in a little earlier before Pavia just turned the ball over 35 times, I think they could have covered this game. And, and this game could have been a lot different. Um, the crowd, I heard a lot of cowbell out there. We always need more cowbell. You know that. So um, there's some good things going on there for, for New Mexico State. They're still New Mexico State. They still had you know receivers dropping the ball all over the place. Um, but I think my major takeaway is the wrong quarterback started and Pavia sucks. I don't want to see that kid that, that kid on the field again. The moment was too big. He did not look like he belonged out there. So Juco national championship winner from New Mexico, like all kinds of things that makes you think like, okay, this kid, you know, maybe there's some promise before the season. I don't want to see him out there again. He, he doesn't belong out there. I, I like the freshman stick with the ginger kid. I, I dig it. So um, that's my main takeaway. Protopapa and I missed the pick. I don't feel that bad about it. I think both these teams uh, are still right around what we talked about before the season started. So that's where I am with that. Final game of the night, Vanderbilt at Hawaii. Wow, is Hawaii bad. Um, we'll just get to the obvious. Vanderbilt, kudos to you. Okay, good job. You did what you were supposed to do. You're an SEC team. Yeah, the game was all the way over in Hawaii, but but it was week zero. So it wasn't that big of a deal to have to go to the island on week zero. If this game was week three, it would have been a bigger deal if you'd have won 63 to 10. So not really uh, not really buying too much stock on the Vanderbilt thing, other than I will say that there's years and, and recent years where you watch Vanderbilt and you're like, not a single one of these guys belongs on the field for an SEC team. Um, but Davis, the running back, and, and Mikey Wright, at quarterback, they, they both look all right. I mean, I, this Hawaii team's trash. Don't get me wrong. I'm not impressed. <laughs> but – I think they showed flashes that they could move the ball a little bit with, with some quirky um, offense. So um, yeah, don't, don't go overboard. Don't buy into too much Vanderbilt hype. I don't know how much Vanderbilt hype can be out there, um, but I think they might be a little more competitive this year. I don't think this Vanderbilt team would have lost to East Tennessee state at home last year. So it's interesting. They do. They went out there and they did what they should have done. So good, good job, Vanderbilt. Let's keep moving forward. Hawaii. That's not an FBS football team. That's trouble. Mike and I talked about it. You know, we we use our grading systems and we kind of try to we kind of try to project lines off of our grades for the teams. And honestly, like for week one, most of them came out good, except for Vanderbilt was only like projected by our grading system minus two over Hawaii. And we were kind of talking about it, and they're like, eh, you know, most years Vanderbilt at Hawaii, honestly, that's a pretty fair line. I don't feel like this year it is a fair line. Um, and, and obviously it turned out to be nowhere close to being in the ballpark of what happened. But what I did say was that, you know, Mike, I, I don't like we both gave Vanderbilt an F plus. We both gave Hawaii an F minus. And what I said to him is, that, well, we don't have a grade lower than F minus. Like we don't have like the, the breast system of going double D, you know, going further than, than the letters provide. So we went to an F like a high school grade, you know, college grade structure um, and, and we didn't really have anything below an F minus to give Hawaii. So while it only projected out that, you know, Vanderbilt should have only been minus two and we accounted for like four points or five points, I think for being on the road in Hawaii. So that's another reason why that line was only two from our projection. Um, but we talked about it. We're like, no, we still feel good about taking Vanderbilt. We both took Vanderbilt minus seven. We said we still feel good about it because we couldn't go lower on Hawaii. So I really think that's what it is, is Hawaii's just really got awful. This team's 
you don't have a real reason to bet Hawaii moving forward until we see otherwise. That's a big project there for Timmy Chang. He's got a lot of work to do ahead of him. So um, that's my takeaways from week zero. We're going to have our week one picks coming up. It'll be released on Wednesday. Again, it will be Tuesday's lines. It will be released on Wednesday, probably two episodes, uh, probably one for the midweek games and then one for Saturday. Um, and we'll buzz right through those and give you our thoughts. This week, we were both above 500. So there is that. Um, and, and just take what you're given, you know. It was week zero. I didn't have a whole lot of help, you know locks going on, you know, for week zero. And, and, and honestly, you know, it is what it is. It's week zero. <laughs> so I'm not going to be uh, too upset about going four and three in week one, picking games, the games that we had, the lines we had available. I'm not going to be too upset about it. It's still a profit week, and it's on a week zero where, you know, you're just betting for fun because there's college football on TV and you're fucking stoked. Week one, now the true test begins. we got a full slate of games. We'll get into them. We'll give you everything we got. All right, guys. You can find me on Twitter at GCG underscore wins. Uh, and our podcast page, the Coastal Covers podcast page, is at Coastal Covers 24. That will do it for this uh, reaction show. I will see you guys on Wednesday when the next episode is released. Till then, take it easy. <laughs>